Hare Krishna, Vanchakalpa Trupis, Chakrapasindu, Vipachapatitanam, Pavanavio, Vaishnavavio, Namo, Namaha. Take my hand off, give him So we're ready to continue in uh, Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Chapter 29, which is called Bhakti Yoga. We got up to uh, verse, text number 18. Uh, um, and uh, oh, we had a little bit of a break. So let me just uh, if we go back to uh, text number twelve. Uh, <clears throat> there's a note here from Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur. Although this <clears throat> chapter is called. Bhakti Yoga, from 12 through 19, uh, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakura points out, the Lord describes Jnana. So the last chapter was Jnana Yoga, but here there's a little, within the Bhakti Yoga, there's a little description of Jnana. But it doesn't mean... Uh, that Janana Yoga is necessarily Mayavada. Remember, all this happens long before Shankaracharya or Mayavada philosophy appears uh, on the earth, right? So just remember that when they're describing Janana, they don't mean you're, you're a Mayavadi. Mayavada is a doctrine that everything is Maya, including God. Uh, uh, but but here, uh, 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 Jnana Yoga is uh, somebody's interested in knowledge and finding out knowledge and realizing you can be have yourself targeted on impersonal Brahman without denying the existence of Krishna. That's just what you're interested in, and so on. So that's why there's this little description. Uh, so. Uh, I'll go through, I'll, st- I'll go back and we're, cause we're in the last part of this section, 12 through 19, which is the Lord describing the uh, <clears throat> activities of person who takes shelter of Janana. It says here. Uh, so I'll go through those verses, just the English. But first we'll say, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So I'm just going to read the translation, starting with 12. <clears throat> Go with a pure heart, one should see me, the Supreme Soul, within all beings and also within oneself, to be both unblemished by anything material and also present everywhere, both externally and internally, just like the omnipresent sky. The way Banu Swami translates this, following closely the commentary of Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur, he says, With a pure heart, the Janani should see the complete form of Paramatma within all beings and also within oneself, present both externally and internally, just like the ether spreads everywhere without being contaminated. That's his translation. Uh, so he puts Janani, because that's what 
Vishnu Charvari Thakur says. So this this is a person who is Amala Ashaya, who has a, a pure heart, free from desires to enjoy in the world, and so on. Uh, and you see in the next verse, 13, there's the word jnanam kivalam ashutaha, taking a, sh- a shelter of pure jnana. Yeah. So 13 and 14 are translated together. O brilliant Uddhava, one who thus views all living entities with the idea that I am present within each of them, and who by taking shelter of this divine knowledge, this is what you take shelter, this is the divine knowledge you take shelter of, that the Lord is present within all beings. Uh, who by taking shelter of this divine knowledge offers due respect to everyone, is considered actually wise. Such a man sees equally the brahmana and the outcast, the thief, and the charitable promoter of Brahminical culture, the sun and the tiny spark of fire, the gentle and the cruel. So that's a further description of this uh, seeing uh, the Lord everywhere. So then we go on with 15. For him who constantly meditates upon my presence within all persons, the bad tendencies of rivalry, envy, and abusiveness, along with false ego, are quickly destroyed. Uh, so again, you see, this is actually dealing with kind of realization of super soul. Uh, 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 and uh, the word here that's used here, this word by, by my presence, is the word matbhavam, the personal presence of me. The word bhava, you know, we know it as a word for ecstasy. <laughs> but uh, bhava, bhava means existence, just with a short A. So bhava is a state of being. Uh, so here, mud bhava, my presence of me, the personal presence of me, my presence within all persons. Uh, this is the state of being. It also, you know, as ecstasy, it means also your condition of of your existence uh, or your nature or so on, uh, like that. Uh, So that's another means of when it says uh, bhava, that's what it, my presence. Then it goes on with 16. Disregarding the ridicule of one's companions, one should give up the bodily conception and its accompanying embarrassments. In other words, you're seeing spirit everywhere. One should offer obeisances before all, even the dogs, outcasts, cows, and asses falling flat on the ground like a rod. This is dandabat. That means dandabat, like a danda. You fall down flat. Uh, uh, so, uh, this is, uh, you should do this and not be embarrassed uh, uh, to offer obeisances because you're seeing everywhere the soul and the super soul. That's what you're paying attention to. And that's who you're offering obeisance, not exactly to the, to the dog, but, yeah. but that this is this realized knowledge, this seeing things. 17. 
until one has fully developed the ability to see me within all living beings, one must continue to worship me by this process and with the activities of his speech, mind, and body. Uh, uh, so you have this yavat, tavat, uh, as long as this, so long as that. Uh, so when, until you don't fully develop this madbhava, this vision of my presence, then you should uh, 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 worship by this uh, purpose, by this method of falling down flat. Then 18, uh, by such transcendental knowledge of the all-pervading personality of Godhead, one is able to see the absolute truth everywhere. Freed thus from all doubts, one gives up fruitive activities. Uh, Banu Swami translates the same verse a little differently. By the practice of seeing the Lord everywhere, one finally realizes everything is Brahman. Seeing Brahman everywhere, freed from all doubts, one gives up all action. Mm -hmm. uh, the way Vishnachvardi uh, Chakvardi Thakur um, comments on this, he says, by that worship and then vidya, it's a word that's being used for worship, in which one sees the Lord everywhere, Atma Manishaya, everything becomes Brahman for him. Then, seeing Brahman everywhere, uh, he gives up all action. Uh, this is the idea, this realization of the... Uh, the, the, the idea is uh, Atma Manishaya, uh, that's the word that's being used here, um, by realization of the Atma. Now, here you notice Atma is translated as the Supreme Soul. It could be the individual soul. Uh, the word, I want to, there's a distinction uh, that's made uh, linguistically uh, between sense and reference, uh, or connotation and denotation. Uh, the, the sense is the meaning of the term, the meaning of a word, its meaning, its dictionary meaning. The reference is the class of objects to which it applies. Uh, the, 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 the connotation literally means meaning, denotation what it points to. So sometimes uh, uh, two different words uh, having a different denotation can have the same connotation and, and vice versa. Uh, sense and reference. Also, if you want to know, the other technical term is the intention and extension of a term. Mm -hmm. Intention meaning its meaning and its extension being its if reference. Mm -hmm. right? So this, sometimes this is an important distinction. So Atma, the meaning of Atma, the, 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 the sense of the term, the connotation of the term, is self. The denotation, well, could be the supreme self, could be the individual self. What counts as the self. Uh, so this is the difference, this atma, 
uh, manishana, the, sense, the difference between sense and reference. Uh, the example we use in philosophy class, or you, when I was taking philosophy in the university, the morning star and the evening star. This, the sense is different. The reference is the same as the planet Venus. Uh, and so that's just the, the standard example between sense and reference. So anyway, sometimes if you don't realize that it's the differences, you can become confused. So now with, with 19, we come to the conclusion of this description of Janana, which as you see is not Mayavad philosophy. <laughs> uh, so now uh, with text 19, which we haven't studied yet, uh, uh, text 19 goes like this, Ayam hi sarvakalpanam sadrichino matomama Madhava Sarvabhuteshu Manovakaya Vrittibhi Indeed, I consider this process uh, using one's mind, words, and bodily functions for realizing me within all living beings to be the best possible method of spiritual enlightenment. Uh, when Banu Swami translates this, uh, well, he follows. There's no BBT purport, by the way. Uh, so I am. Uh, let me go through the. I am this. He indeed sarvakalpanam of all kalpa here is a process of all processes. Sadrichinaha, uh, the most appropriate. Mataha mama is considered by me the most appropriate. Matbhava, again for seeing me or realizing me. Sarva Bhuteshu, within all beings. Vritti Vritti is the functions of mana, vak, kaya, mind, words, and body. So here the Sanskrit is pretty simple. So when Banu Swami translates this, well, Vishnu Chakravarti says, there is no other easy process for attaining Brahman for the Janani. Mm. So Janani means his overwhelming interest is with knowledge. That person deals with super soul, but still that's kind of the main function. Doesn't deny the Lord, doesn't deny worship, but he's a Janani. And that's what, what he is. Uh, so that's why when Banu Swami translates this, he said, I consider this process using one's mind, words, and bodily functions, <laughs> kaya, uh, to, for realizing me within all living beings, to be the easiest process of the janani, to realize Brahman. Uh, so that's uh, uh, this Madhbhava seeing me. Uh, uh, and uh, and again, remember this Janani doesn't mean Mayavad philosophy. Uh, uh, uh. So now, with text 20, Vishnu Chakravarti says 20, 21, and 22. He says in three verses, the Lord again describes the highest essence of bhakti. So, here's 
there's three verses that according to Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur the highest essence of bhakti <laughs> we're back to bhakti again after that little excursion uh, uh, so uh, text 20 goes like this Nahyangopakrame dhamso Maddharmas Yodavan Vap excuse me, Maddharmas Yodavan Vapi Mayavya Vyavasita Samyan Nirgunatwad Anashishaha. My dear Uddhava, because I have personally established it. This process of devotional service unto me is transcendental and free from any material motivation. Certainly, a a devotee never suffers even the slightest loss by adopting this process. Uh, the important word in this verse, by the way, anashishaha. Uh, the word ashish, the Sanskrit word ashish, means wishing for something, a benediction, a blessing, ashish, so anash, without wishing for anything else. Uh, an ulterior motive, it says here, anashishaha, without, without an ulterior motive. Uh, uh, the, the word it says so the, there is not uh, uh, well he, here he says in here there is no this would be the beginning of the verse in this attempt there is no dvamsaha destruction uh, not the the BBT says the slightest loss by adopting this process. Uh, uh, there's, uh, he never suffers the slightest loss in this attempt. Or dvamsha, my devotional madharma, is my here is described as translated as my devotional service. Uh, uh, and and the, the word is uh, anu api, uh, not even a little bit. Uh, and uh, yeah, Uddhava, uh, I mean, uh, Banuswami translates it, O oh, Uddhava, because I have personally established it, this process, the process of Nishkama Bhakti is beyond the gunas. That's no ulterior motive. Uh, Thus, even by starting and not completing the process, there is no destruction of results. Uh, That's... And this is based on a purple by Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur. I don't think in the BBT there's even a comment on this verse. Let me make sure I'm right. Yeah, they don't comment on it. But Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur has a very interesting purport. Uh, 
Wait, where's the tech round text? 20. 20, right, okay. There's a commentary. There's a BBT commentary, excuse me. Yeah, I was looking at the wrong one. Uh, the BBT says, Although great sages and authorities have established various methods of human progress, the Supreme Lord himself has introduced the system of bhakti yoga, wherein one directly takes shelter of the Lord in loving service. One who serves the Lord without personal motivation can never be defeated in his progress and will certainly go back home, back to Godhead, in the near future. Uh, So here's the purport by Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur. He says, um, in three verses, uh, 9 through 11, the Lord described bhakti. And in eight verses, he described jnana. That's 12 through 19. So now we're in 20. In three verses, the Lord again describes the highest essence of bhakti. In following other processes, if one starts and performs the actions... Until the completion of the process, without interruption, with all its principles and secondary parts, one will attain the result. So other processes, spiritual process, whatever, you have to do the whole thing. You have to complete it, and you can't stop. Then you attain the result. If one does not complete the process or interrupts it or does not follow all the parts, there is no result. So you have to do all of it. You have to do it continuous, con- continuously and you, you have to do it to the end. can't skip steps. Uh, this is not the rule for bhakti, however. Even if one just starts and does not complete the process, or if one does not perform all the parts, the angas, the limbs of bhakti, it is not useless. O Uddhava, if one starts bhakti yoga, matdharmasya, or if one performs one anga and does not complete it, there is no destruction at all. The word anu. In the, in the text, of result because of the irregularity since bhakti is beyond the gunas. It is impossible that things beyond the gunas are destroyed. It's near guna. Mm. <laughs> so it will not be destroyed. Destruction comes from the mode of ignorance. You know, you're beyond the guna. Anytime there's even the mode of goodness, there's some, you know. This is bhakti of my nishkama devotee the one who is Anishishaha. This bhakti of my Nishkama devotee is established completely by me. Notice who establishes it. Krishna does it. Even a small portion of the, this bhakti is complete. The cause should not be asked. <laughs> bhakti is the same as my being the Supreme Lord. Madharma in this verse cannot mean jnana since jnana is not beyond the gunas. 
The Lord has said, Kaivalyam Sattvikam Jnanam. Kaivalya Jnana is in Sattvaguna. That was in 11.25.4. So Jnana Yoga is in the mode of goodness. Here, you're transcendental. So here's this thing is that uh, that even if you don't keep going, even if you stop, you don't lose anything. Whatever you've gained is your permanent gain. And if you ha- are interrupted, you start off again where you leave off. Uh, that's uh, that's pretty uh, far out. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so when there's no even the slightest loss, I mean. Uh, it, it, it's, it's really uh, uh, no, there's no destruction of the results it's your, your eternal credit uh, uh, but there is, is, is a condition that bhakti you do is anishishaha that is there's no ulterior motive you do it and there was a person who's performing bhakti uh, just to get uh, some worship or a position or something like that, then it's not really bhakti. But there has to be some, some, uh, uh, some uh, amount of sincerity of doing it. You know, you may do it. You, you know, you don't get the result right away. You get discouraged. You quit. But it's still what you, when you were doing it, you weren't doing it just for show, just to put on a, uh, you know, get donations or whatever (laughs) (laughs) it may be. Uh, uh, That, that, however much you do, however imperfectly, if it's, if it's sincere, uh, that will work. Now we go on. Text 21. It begins with this word yo-yo, which is the name of a famous cellist. <laughs> yo-yo ma. But here it's yaha yaha. <laughs> Where, whatever. Yo-yo. <laughs> when you put the sound in. Yo-yo mai pari dharma kalpyate nishpalaya chit Tadaya so nirartasyat baddayer ivasattama. O Uddhava, greatest of saints, in a dangerous situation, uh, an ordinary person cries, becomes fearful, and laments, although such useless emotions do not change the, the situation. <laughs> But activities offered to me without personal motive, uh, motivation, without personal motivation, even if they are externally useless, amount to the actual process of religion. So they may not do anything externally, but they count. Uh, Banuswami translates this, O Uddhava, greatest of the saints, uh, that's what he calls him, Sattama. 
best of the sat, highest of the sat, the saints. If bhakti is offered to me without personal motivation, endeavoring for its results is useless, just as expressions of fear or lamentations are useless in a dangerous situation. Uh, oh, so, so in, it's a slightly different reading of this uselessness uh, of the... Uh, if, 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 if the BBT takes it, if they're externally useless, you don't get anything out of it, uh, uh, still, uh, it's the actual process of religion. If, it, if it, even if it doesn't seem like it does anything, it's for real. Uh, 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 but but uh, uh, here he takes it. Uh, if you're doing bhakti, you don't need to the endeavoring for results would be useless because expressions of fear or lamentation are useless in a dangerous situation. It doesn't change it. Uh, if you're dangerous, you know, uh, you're about to get run over by a, by a express train and you go, no, it doesn't <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Even though you really mean it. <laughs> you know? It doesn't change anything. Uh... But if you if you if you practice some sincere bhakti, if it doesn't look like anything's happening, you actually, if it's sincere, it's actual religion. Even if it uh, isn't acknowledged as such. Here in the BBT, they say here for the commentary, even the most insignificant activity, when offered to the supreme lord without personal desire can elevate one to the perfection of spiritual life. So even if it, the, the actual bhakti itself doesn't look like much, if it's without this uh, personal motivation, uh, 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 then uh, uh, the end, endeavor is significant. Actually, Lord Krishna always protects and maintains his devotee. But if a devotee cries to the Lord for protection or maintenance, desiring to continue his devotional service unimpeded, Lord Krishna accepts such apparent unnecessary appeals to be the highest religious process. So there's another take in the purport uh, on, on, on this. Uh, if that's your desire, uh, because you're... Uh, you're uh, crying to the Lord for protection and maintenance because you want to keep on to be able to protect bhakti, then then he accepts it, even though he's going to protect you anyway. <laughs> he's taking care of you. You don't need to do anything, but he, he takes it sincerely. Uh, there is a purport by Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur here. He says here, if bhakti, is if bhakti is practiced without duplicity, then without effort it gives effects at every moment. Wh whatever process of bhakti 
such as hearing or chanting, is directed to me with no desire for material happiness now or later, in svarga, or for liberation, is done without effort. The results appear on their own without effort. What is the use of effort? And then he quotes something here in Sanskrit, doesn't, I don't know where it comes from. Uh, the, uh, the translation is, the devotee finds it useless to worry about eating and shelter. How can the Lord who sustains the universe ignore the devotees? No, you really don't really have to worry about it. It gets hairy sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> But you really don't have to worry. <laughs> because, you know, uh, it is as use, he goes on, it is as useless an effort, it is as useless as efforts executed out of fear or lamentation. Just as by attaining one's object, the object naturally becomes visible, by attaining me as the object of bhakti, bhakti appears on its own. Since the sincere devotee always endeavors for bhakti, still the sincere devotee always endeavors for bhakti. In other words, if you just after Krishna, the bhakti <laughs> come along with it, comes on its own. But still you want, you want devotion. That endeavor shows great attraction to bhakti. That is the uh, the his greatest attraction, his great attraction, the devotee's great attraction to bhakti. Effort is thus a great quality because it shows you're interested uh, and attracted to bhakti. Uh, uh, so, uh, yeah. And he also says in the beginning, if the bhakti is practiced again without duplicity, without uh, extraneous desires, then it gives its effect at every moment. Uh, so that that's that that is the idea of faith. Faith is this, this confidence. It's described in Chaitanya Charitamrita. The definition of shraddha uh, is the firm conviction that if I attain Krishna consciousness, automatically all of the things will be there. That's why you can be single-minded. Uh, you have to, usually have to worry about many things in your life, you know. But here, and if, if the effort to perform bhakti takes away from other efforts, you may worry, well, what about if I neglect this or neglect that, what's going to happen? No. Uh, uh, that if you do bhakti, then everything else is going to be taken over. And you should have, it's that strong conviction. Uh, and so therefore, Krishna said, you could uh, declare boldly, my devotee never perishes or is never vanquished. Uh, so when, when, when that's, uh, that's this idea of, of uh, faith is... Uh, and you don't need to endeavor for another result. Uh, uh, 
and uh, any other uh, endeavorings is, is you know neat doesn't not what does it what does it is just uh, 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 bhakti uh, uh, and he, he, yeah that's anyway we'll do another verse text 22 Uh, it, well, yeah. Anyway, we'll get started. Because Vishnu Thakavari says about text 22 in his purport, it's a long purport by him, he calls this verse is the touchstone among verses, the essence of all the Lord's teachings. He who has this verse shining in his heart shines in the assembly of devotees. <laughs> Some on the BBT they don't repeat that, but here's well, that's what he says. So here's this here's the touchstone among verses twenty two. Manisa Manisha Cha Manishinam Yatsacham Anritinha uh, the translation is, This process is the supreme intelligence of the intelligent and the cleverness of the most clever. For, by following it, one can, in this very life, make use of the temporary and unreal to achieve me the eternal reality. So it's a very far out verse, right? Asia, this uh, here, Asia, uh, uh, what he's been describing here, this process, is uh, buddhi, the intelligence of those who are buddhimat, those who have intelligence possess intelligence. Buddhimatam means those who have buddhi. This is their buddhi. And uh, those who are manisinam, clever, uh, of those who is the cleverness of the mani, manisha, uh, uh, is, uh, buddhi uh, is, means that you can keep your mind focused on long-term goal-directed activity. Uh, you know, you want to get something done and, and it is the ability to f- determine what is that right thing to focus on. That's buddhi, discrimination. You know, this faculty of buddhi. You can see of long-term goals which is the best goal. And then cleverness is the ability to do it well. <laughs> right? Uh, good in execution uh, but buddhi is the direction of long term goal directed activity the dami buddhi yogam I give them the buddhi yoga by which they can come to me so anyway so here this is this devotional service is both uh, 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 for those who are intelligent, it's the supreme intelligent. For those who are clever, it's the most clever thing. Both of these things are there. Uh, 
And the reason is uh, that you are a, it enables you uh, in this life, iha, the word here means here, uh, 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 to use that which is unritta, uh, un- false, or uh, unreal, you can achieve the sat, the, the, what's real, and you can use what is uh, marcha to amritta, what is temporary or mortal, to get the immortal. Uh, that's that's what this uh, verse is saying. Because usually it's you, you know, what what is the use of uh, of unreal, false things or or uh, mortal things? Well, actually, if you do this in bhakti, which means remember engaging the senses in the service of the master, of the senses. So our senses are dragging us to hell. Well, now they'll drag you the other way. <laughs> so you, you it, it's the transformation. Prabhupada describes bhakti as the transformation of mat, the turning of matter into spirit. That's what it does. It turns the illusory energy into Brahman. This is, he says in the Bhagavad Gita when it's describing sacrifice, how everything becomes one in the absolute truth. Uh, so this is already there in the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, uh, so this is this uh, this verse. Um, Banuswami translates it. We're going to run out of time, right? The devotee is the most intelligent among the intelligent and the most clever among the clever. So he takes it as referring to the devotee rather than the process. Well, anyway, this process is the intelligence of it. The devotee is the most intelligent among the intelligent and the most clever among the clever because he attains my eternal swarup by using his temporary body. So you get his Krishna's eternal swarup by using your own body and attains me, the only truth, even though he is an inconsequential jiva. <laughs> that's, a, that's the way he says it. Um, I don't think we have time. I don't know. There's a. I'll read the. I'll read Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur's uh, purport. So after describing uh, uh, the devotee this way as most intelligent among the intelligent, clever the clever. Question mark. Will your devotees, your meaning, this is being addressed to Krishna, will your devotees not become proud of their superior position? This would be a cause of destroying intelligence and discrimination. Uh, the, uh, so the answer to the question is, the devotee is the most intelligent of those with intelligence. But he is not intelligent in dissecting different scriptures. <laughs> He is clever among those who are clever, but he is not clever in earning a gold coin in exchange for a penny. So here, intelligence and cleverness mean the level of activity. Uh, another way of understanding these terms, uh, uh, intelligent, there you means in studying scripture and higher knowledge, or cleverness in business and commerce. No. 
What is that cleverness? In Bharata Bhumi, Iha, here, the devotee attains me without death, Amritam, with eternal form by using a mortal temporary body. He controls me by bhakti alone. Using the disgusting material body, <laughs> he attains my pure spiritual swarupa. Uh, he attains me, existing at all times, satyam, by the jiva who is called non-existent, anritena, because he lacks a relationship with me. The meaning is this. He who can receive a thousand coins by giving one coin is said to be most intelligent and skillful in this world. One who obtains diamonds or a gold coin in exchange for, for a small coin is called intelligent and skillful. A person who can take a gold coin from a sober intelligent person is called intelligent and skillful. But one who cannot but one cannot say who is intelligent enough to obtain a chintamani, the transcendental gem, eh? or a kamadenu, the cow that gives all desires. The inhabitants of Bharat Bhumi, who are mortal and born in low families, offer to me their bodies not worth a penny, which are deformed, and afflicted with old age and disease. But they attain me, the ocean of sweetness. <laughs> Accepting their offerings, I, who am supposed to be the cleverest, out of joy give myself, with my priceless ornaments, bracelets, and crowns, <laughs> to the devotees. <laughs> Such inhabitants of Bharat Bhumi are the most intelligent and most skillful. Giving one's body to the Lord means to engage the ear and other organs in hearing, chanting, remembering, and service. If the tongue is engaged in chanting, if the ears are engaged in hearing, if the hands are engaged in service, then one is giving one's body to the Lord. But the Lord is attained even by offering only one part of the body. What intelligent person would not do this? if you're smart. <laughs> this verse is the touchstone among all verses, the essence of all the Lord's teachings. He who has this verse shining in his heart shines in the assembly of devotees. <laughs> That's as Vishwan Chakravarti really liked this verse a lot. <laughs> Very enthusiastic. Huh? Uh, it's disgusting. <laughs> okay, so we'll stop there. Uh, uh, and now uh, with, uh, with 23rd, uh, we're going to come to now the, what looks to me like we're changing to the conclusion for the entire, not just the chapter, but the entire Uddhava Gita. Mm -hmm. Remember, this is the last chapter in this Uddhava Gita. And this is the end of the last chapter. So now, when it even thus I've related to you this, what is talking about the whole thing <laughs> that we've been going on a couple of years <laughs> getting through to that. So we'll start with this coda to the 
Uddhava Gita uh, next class. Okay. We have some questions or comments. If you have a question on the phone, you can press star six and you'll be unmuted. Um, if you have a question on Mayapur TV, you can type it into the chat box on Mayapur TV or you can go to Ravindrasarabhu's website rsdasa.com and there's a chat box in the lower right hand corner of the page. We have a studio audience question. That, first of all, that Vishwanath's commentary was amazing. <laughs> that was excellent, fantastic. I love that. So I, I, so I have a question related to a previous verse, but I just I don't want to, you know, is that, it's hard to follow up with a question to a previous verse after hearing that fantastic commentary. But it is the question I had, so I will go back. Okay, which verse? So it was, it was about, well, it's in general about the verses before, about um, this notion of, which I also really liked was, was that the bhakti being near guna, so it can't be destroyed because it's outside the guna. It's very clever. Um, um, but uh, what about the case of aparad? Does does your progress get destroyed, or is that just a, a detail? You know, like a, yeah, I, uh, yeah. That's a good question. If you, if there there are offenses, uh, to to me. Um, uh, uh, Um, I mean, uh, uh, main, uh, uh, maintaining material desires is also an aparad. So the, 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 the result of pure bhakti uh, is that uh, you will get devotional service. And this is talking about pure bhakti. Uh, you know, you may have good days where the bhakti is pure, and you may have other days where it's not so so pure. And to get to the pure platform, one has to be. Uh, if one is trying to become pure, uh, then that's Prabhupada calls that almost pure chanting. That's what's manifest, at least in chanting the holy names. Is, is chanting on the clearing stage, uh, and that's not the pure name is not visible. When the pure name is there, you've attained Krishna. Uh, but but when one is trying to become pure, uh, then 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 that at least is uh, uh, you're making progress, and I think the progress then is permanent. Mm -hmm. You don't go back to... Uh, uh, so so th this is this Namabasa, the, the dawning twilight of the holy name. That, because that, according to uh, Haridas Thakur, uh, this Namabasa, even though it's the dawning twilight of the holy name, he says, destroys all sinful reactions and the result is mukti. It gives liberation. So it seems to me it gets you out of the material world. <laughs> you know, mm. if if at least you're on the clearing stage of chanting. If you're not on the clearing stage, in other words, like like an offense of the against the holy name is to maintain material desires. It's not an offense against the holy name to have material desires. Mm. 
That's just our bad condition, our conditioned nature. But maintaining them then becomes an offense. So one should chant asking, please destroy my material desires. If I chant and I'm chanting, please fulfill my material desires, then that's not pure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that won't work. Mm -hmm. uh, but if I'm chanting, please get rid of my material, the desires are there in either case. Mm -hmm. But in the one, I, my attitude toward them is different. Uh, uh, so please do destroy uh, the, these material desires. Uh, uh, so, so one should practice Krishna consciousness while trying to become free from offenses. And to me, uh, uh, to me, like the, uh, the, the what, 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 it's it's in the Harinam Shintamani, written by uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, where the offense that is the root of all the offenses is inattentiveness uh, while chanting. Uh, 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 and uh, so that's when you're chanting japa that's the one to deal with right away when the mind wanders you bring it back which not to be inattentive negligent of the holy name uh, uh, so so this is this is what you be you, you begin with that one and then if you because I, to me if you don't deal with that offense it's much difficult dealing with all the all the other offenses, uh, and then that way you can immediately come to the clearing stage. Because at least if you're trying to chant without your mind wandering and being inattentive, you don't have time to uh, blaspheme devotees. <laughs> 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 and so, you know, you're just doing that, mm, you know? mm. and then the other. Then you'll be able to deal with the other offenses mm. uh, productively, uh, like that. Uh, so, if if chanting on the clearing stage at least gives liberation, it seems seems to me that's something that's mm. also eternal. You may have to take birth again, but you at least you continue where you mm. left off. Mm. So what if in the case, so what if some serious opera like say Vaishnava opera you know there's this notion of of like uh, you know your creepa you know the bhakti lata whatever could, yeah, the creepa of it could get squashed or something and it's this fragile um, budding of this you know yeah, trying uh -huh. to and the notion of it's it always seems like there's this notion of it being fragile, right? You mm -hmm. want to protect it, and especially from Vaishnava Prabhupada, yeah. you can like squash it. Yeah, the mad elephant. Yeah, the mad right. elephant, right? So uh -huh. is that? Uh, it, should we just take that? Like, how how do we interpret that in light of this? That that you you know your your progress cannot actually be destroyed. Uh, yeah. Well, you could. Uh, what what does he say here? He does it say there's no delay either? I don't think so. Mm. Uh, uh, but but uh, you, you, Let me see, let me look at this again here. Hold on a second. 
Yeah, see, because in 20, he's talking about that, that the bhakti process that he's established is... Uh, uh, it's, it's both near guna uh, and having no ulterior motive. So usually with, with one is... Uh, if one's starting to do that or trying to do that, falls into something... Uh, uh, then uh, you you can uh, um, uh, still uh, uh, your whatever you've achieved is not destroyed. Mm. You may be you know delayed, have to take birth again, uh, but um, uh, it, it's it, it's. Uh, Whatever whatever progress you make is yeah never destroyed. And you may have to deal with the other things uh, th- that are there. Uh, yeah, that 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 you've done because 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 uh, this is the bhakti that he's given it. That, that this this thing it's it's. Uh, Yeah. Activities offered me without personal motivation. Uh, that's what it says here in twenty one, huh? Even if they are externally useless, uh, amounts to actual process of religion. So the idea of uh, of this uh, not having any personal motivation. You want to give something or do something for Krishna. That's what really, uh, what really counts. This uh, anishishaha, ashish, uh, is a benediction or a blessing, and also this having no desire for for any anything else. Uh, yeah. And the way Banu Swami translates 20, because I have personally established that the process of nishkama bhakti is beyond the gunas. Thus, by even starting and not completing the process. So, we are in the process, we are following the path of pure devotional service. We may not be pure in doing it, but still, whatever, and Prabhupada has told him, whatever progress you make is eternal. Mm-hmm. You may have to take birth again. Got to clear up your mess. Some mess is there, <laughs> but whatever you you don't you don't go back to where mm. never done it. You know? mm. Mm. I've I've you know I've people have always described to me in Krishna consciousness they had this that was early on. Enough people noticed that when they first got involved with Krishna consciousness. They were blissful, they made all this progress, and then suddenly, you know, it stopped. And this was such a common phenomena, they, the common interpretation was that to encourage you, Krishna gives you some extra special mercy in the beginning, but then afterwards you have to like endeavor for yourself. 
And I realized that that's not, you know, why would he do that? Give you mercy and then take it away. So what really happens is in the very beginning you're really naive. And you think all the devotees are great souls. (laughs) Then you get to know them. (laughs) And so not committing Vaishnava Aparat becomes a little more difficult. And at first, you you know, you, you chant Hare Krishna, you're really enthusiastic, but after a while, you know, it gets a little harder, you get a little... And you go a certain amount of months without sense gratification, you're okay, but after a while, you know, you... <laughs> anyway, so that this that, that's what happens, you know. So better, you know, in the idea, you're naive. So the real trick is to, like, have your eyes open and be not be stupid. Mm. But, but still practice uh, uh, bhakti properly. Uh, as far as having problems with devotees, well, you, have to, you just have to have a generous spirit. You know, you, you have to be, f- well, forbearing. Mm. And you have to say, well, uh, yeah, this person may, uh, at least they had the right idea, at <laughs> least they're trying really hard, I understand they have some difficulty. You have to be forgiving, you know, and uh, and uh, and you have to remain people's well wisher, even you may, if you may have to appreciate their good qualities from a safe distance. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> so that that's uh, anyway. Anything else? Just a brief comment before I read another question here. Um, on the inattentiveness while chanting, I've, I've also found, I'm sure a lot of people have had this experience, that when you are trying to focus on rectifying that offense, it's almost like there's an eagerness that comes to not want to commit the other offenses as well. That's like true. Very naturally. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. You start rearranging your life so that... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The other offenses decline naturally. Um, anyways, but Dr. Carl has a question. It's actually uh, uh, from our, the previous class last year. <laughs> last <laughs> last <laughs> year, yeah. <laughs> last millennium. <laughs> but uh, it kind of. Pre Trump. Pre Trump era. Yes, he says. It's in regards to humility, and he said. Uh, it is said that a pure devotee has all good qualities, among them also humility. Is humility or any other good quality a prerequisite for bhakti, or should we just cultivate Krishna consciousness and wait for the good qualities to appear? It seems a bit like the hen and the egg question. Of course, without any good qualities, it will be difficult to practice devotional service, but should we make an extra effort cultivating certain qualities? Or should we cultivate bhakti and simultaneously monitor our character slash behavior? I think the thing to do is to qual- uh, is is uh, to to practice bhakti, but uh, very early on, Srinada Sunichena Tororiva Suhishnana. I mean, this is said that one should uh, one should endeavor for humility. Uh, it's, it doesn't mean you can uh, not try. Uh, to become humble, uh, 
the the interesting part is is if you recognize that humility is just realism. <laughs> that, that's a, otherwise, you become proud of being humble. <laughs> and, uh, so so uh, so it 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 is it, worth because because especially. Uh, you know, the, the spiritual advancement is the opposite of the material world. The material world is really the path of pride. And, uh, and, uh, and so uh, uh, one is always trying to do things. Uh, you, you, you get money and then you want to display your wealth. Uh, you 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 want to give in charity, but you want your name recognition, the so and so foundation, the this foundation. You know, uh, everybody knows who fundraises. You have to have uh, what's called donor recognition. <laughs> you know, without it, people don't don't give it. Uh, th- 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 this kind of thing. Uh, so so. Uh, uh, it, it's it, it, it's uh, uh, yeah uh, yeah it's, it's it's not not something that I think Western culture or maybe just human culture in general uh, encourages uh, at all. Um, so so humility uh, is very hard for people to to to. Get a hold of it, and they often, at least I've seen in, in my experience, people confuse it with low self-esteem. Uh, 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 low self-esteem is another kind of pride. You feel very low, and you can't stand it. Mm-hmm. You know, you've uh, 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 the the uh, uh, and the antidote for low self-esteem is to understand that because you're practicing bhakti, you are valued by Krishna. That's all you have to know. Because Krishna wants you back. Uh, the, the, the proof that Krishna wants you back is the endeavor that devotees have taken to bring and give us Krishna consciousness. They've worked really hard. Why are they doing that? They're serving Krishna. Why does Krishna want to do that? Because he wants to save as many people as possible. Why does he want to save people? To bring them back to him. Why? Because he wants to have a relationship. He wants a relationship with me. He wants a relationship with you. He wants a relationship with the squirrel in the yard. That means every jiva has something that Krishna values. Uh, so there's something I don't know what it is but he wants it so I, he, we are valued by Krishna you should know that that much you know you can take for granted what he values what he wants we don't know until we start to have a relationship with Krishna we start to find out when there's 
we are serving Krishna, and then Krishna responds, and then you find out that there's some flavor or taste in that relationship that you feel and that Krishna feels. That's your contribution. After all, Krishna is ever-increasing. So you can add to that. <laughs> you have some contribution to make. So you, we are valued by Krishna. Uh, that, that much you can be, be, be sure of. But the things that we're usually proud of are the things that Krishna doesn't value at all. <laughs> you know, somebody else may like your baby blue eyes, but you know, they're very temporary. <laughs> anyway, so, so we are valued by Krishna, and we should know that. And... If you if you read the last chapter of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, where Lord Chaitanya is reciting the Shishastika prayers, the further he goes, the more and more his describes what he's feeling. Humility increases. It's just re- really, and guess what? You when the humility increases. One becomes more attracted, <laughs> attractive to Krishna too. So that's that's another thing. <laughs> so you can you can value it, you know. That's it. One time early in my career, I was there was some problem with a, a senior devotee, and I asked another senior devotee some advice about uh, how I should act. I thought I should be humble, you know. And the, the advice I got was, "No, don't do that. He'll only think you're weak." <laughs> <laughs> Humility and weakness are not the same thing either, by the way. <laughs> Actually, takes a lot of strength to be humble. It takes a lot. Yeah, that's right. It takes a lot of strength to be humble. Okay, so we will pick up again uh, next week with text number twenty-three. Well, we can do a little more twenty-two. Uh, a little more, maybe we can do a little more twenty-two. Yeah. yeah. Well, I usually go over the last verse anyway. Okay? Thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Srimad Bhagavatam Ki.